Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is Juliet Lamar, and my guests today are Dylan Center. He is a co-founder and CEO at Spective, and also on the line is Nick Rabinbash, who is the COO and co-founder of the same company. Welcome, you guys. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm so glad to have you both here. This is such a treat. Yeah, no, it's a treat for us to be here. We're really excited. All right. So, who's the best to talk about what your company does? Who wants to take that question? <clears throat> uh, Nick usually runs through what the company's doing. So, All right, yeah, Nick. So, yeah, so Spective is working on a decentralized advertising project and platform where basically right now if you're an advertiser and you want us to run an ad campaign, like an ad banner on, say, like a YouTube video, you would have to go through Google and through YouTube who charge huge fees simply to administer the transactions, et cetera. Um, we're basically seeking to decentralize this process so now advertisers can reach content publishers directly in a peer-to-peer way so that whenever content publishers, affiliates, et cetera, people who drive attention to advertising content, um, as they drive that attention, they're able to get paid directly from the advertisers who you know want attention on their ad campaign. So it's basically a system where advertisers can create an ad campaign that uses a smart contract to autonomously pay people or reward people as they drive attention to their ads. 
So that's basically the mission perspective, and that's what we're working on right now. Um, that platform, that advertising platform, is built essentially for anyone who wants to advertise their product or service. It could be, you know, Coca-Cola, or it could also be your mom who makes bracelets at home and just wants to, you know, kind of sell it. Um, with that said, there's kind of like um, opportunity there for all different kinds of platforms to use this. It could be someone, yeah, selling products, selling services, um, or just wanting to get more eyes on their content. So it could be video creators, people who write for a blog and they want their blog to get um, more exposure. They can jump on this platform and use it to run their advertisements. Now, we are going to be the first to actually use this platform um, to kind of get that engagement through something called Spective VR. That's our virtual reality streaming platform. Um, we've been working on that for a little over a year now. And basically, as we were working on this, we kind of found that there was, um, you know, an issue with adoption in virtual reality right now. A lot of people are intimidated by it. It's new. It's kind of scary. And so we knew we wanted to do something different to really drive engagement with our platform. And so we looked at the blockchain and realized that, you know, we could do a lot of really cool things to incentivize people to kind of get eyes on our platform. So basically, we've developed this decentralized advertising platform, which is called the Signal Marketplace. And we also have our virtual reality streaming platform, which is going to be the first to really adopt the Signal Marketplace for advertising purposes, et cetera. So it's kind of like a, it's a quick brief on, on everything that we do. Um, we're sort of kind of after two missions here, which is one, the decentralized advertising, um, and then also, you know, our own virtual reality streaming platform, which we're really excited about. That's really cool. So go into more about the virtual reality. You know, what would mm -hmm. I expect from that? Would I put on my glasses when I'm on Facebook and I'd see ads a different way? Or how, how would that work? Yeah, so I'll touch a little bit on that. Um, basically, Spectre VR is building a platform, a, a dedicated niche 360 VR video streaming platform, kind of a going with the, you know, like building basically like a YouTube for 360 content dedicated towards that. Yeah. And we, we see this as a pretty big opportunity. Um, you know, looking at a, a case study, basically the Twitch business model, um, where Twitch isolated the video game streaming industry. Uh, although it was something that people could do on YouTube and such, it was an industry that was built on community um, and like active user engagement. And YouTube didn't necessarily offer that service and, and Twitch was able to really take advantage of that. So we're kind of doing the same thing with 360 video streaming and, and VR because, you know, VR is all about the immersion and experiences and things like that. So right now, you know, there, there's no great platform where you can stay immersed in the platform while continuing to enjoy uh, videos and experiences. It's, it's more a process of, you know, it, it's, it's a really bad process right now, but let's say there's videos I want to watch like through my Oculus Rift or Mickey Vive on YouTube. I have to download like a third-party uh, VR app. Um, I have to copy and paste a video link into a link on that app just to watch it on my headset. So every video I would watch, I'd have to take my headset off, do that whole process, put the headset back on. And we're trying to, we're working to create an all-in-one immersive experience. Now, the types of content that we're going to have on there are going to range from, you know, overall just users who are creating content and want to upload those experiences. Let's say people start doing uh, vlogs and in, with 360 cameras so that you can actually experience what's going on around them. Um, you know, that's a type of content that we'll have on the uh, platform. But then we're also really excited to get into the live experience streaming industry, which is really projected to be probably one of the uh, earliest, biggest uh, avenues for virtual reality outside of gaming. And so on that side, that's where we're looking to start streaming things like 
you know, sporting events, uh, concerts, uh, festivals, pretty much any type of live experience that has a lot of people that want to go to it, but not everybody can necessarily attend, whether it's the price of tickets, having to travel to a location, things like that, you'll be able to basically pay like a pay-per-view style or subscription style model and access all of these events from the comfort of your home. But you'll feel like you're at that event because as you look around, you'll be in the crowd. It'll all be happening live. Um, and so we're, making, we're doing a lot of work to progress towards that, the live VR streaming side. That's so cool. You basically just came up with <laughs> with a uh, a response to FOMO. Like, if you've got fear of missing out, mm-hmm. it's okay now because you have this virtual reality and you can be multiple places at once. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And it looks here on your website you guys have over a million subscribers already to – is that to your VR so, services? Well, okay, so, yeah, so that number is – it's actually well, – a lot higher now, but no, that that number is uh, partners that we brought onto our platform who have uh, agreed to start, who are actually on our platform like uploading content and stuff. That is their user base uh, across all the platforms that they they partake in. That number is probably closer to about like five to ten million or so now. Um, right now, our platform is in the alpha uh, stage, and we're planning to release a beta version in a couple months, and that's where we're really going to start working to drive. Uh, our user adoption. So that's right now we're going through uh, fixing bugs and having our community kind of tell us, you know, what they like, what they don't like, everything like that. Um, and yeah, we're, we're really excited for our next launch where we're going to start driving more um, actual content on one side and starting to bring in uh, and actively work towards being more used. Wow, that's this is super cool because I don't know very much about virtual reality except when I think about it, like, oh, it's like, you know, it's gaming or it's those little Google glasses they give you that you, know, you can see. Mm-hmm you know, around you. So this is really going to be a game changer in the way that we consume everything, really. Yeah, that's yeah. the goal. So let's touch a little bit more on your uh, desocialization of the ads. Uh, what are some of the problems that you're bumping up against? I feel like they're not, Facebook and Google and Instagram aren't going to want to get bypassed. Is that an issue? Um, yeah, so basic. what we're doing right now, there's a couple different ways of approaching it. There's one where you kind of are like working with and coinciding with the big social media platforms and stuff. Um, but there's also, I guess, kind of different ways of approaching advertising. Right now, what we're working on is our affiliate advertising system. Basically, the way that that works is that an advertiser can run an ad campaign. Say that I'm an advertiser. I make a certain pair of shoes that I really want to get sold, um, and I want some help marketing. What I can do is I can create an ad campaign on the Signal Marketplace, which we have functional now, um, and I can say, hey, I've got this pair of shoes. It, you know, it, it MSRPs for $20. Um, if any of you guys feel like you can help me drive sales, what you can do is you can create a unique link to my you know, domain where people can make that purchase. Go and share it with your audience, whether that be on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or an email list. And as you drive engagement and drive sales to those shoes, you'll get paid out in a kind of like commission way via signal hmm. token, which is our token. So it's basically a system that wherein we don't really necessarily have to be working with the big media platforms. We sort of just have to allow people to create their links and run with them using those media platforms. And people can get creative with this, right? It can be, it can be simple. It can be that somebody makes their link and they just post, they just tweet it as like a tweet on their Twitter saying, Hey, check out these shoes. Here's the link. But people can also go further with it. They can actually get entrepreneurial about this and say, Hey, I really think I can sell these shoes. I'm going to actually invest in, making a Facebook ad to sell these shoes, and that Facebook ad is going to, you know, link to my link. So there's a lot of different things they can do with this. They, there are people who build entire businesses 
around affiliate marketing because they're just so good at reaching, you know, relevant audiences. So it, it's an exciting process and also one that's like really direct where we don't necessarily need to, you know, create huge partnerships. We just build out the infrastructure so people can, you know, make their links, um, track sales and get rewarded in commissions and, and do that. And we think it, you know, it's going to add a lot of value. Um, in this cryptocurrency advertising ecosystem. 100%. And I think as a consumer, strictly consumer, that's where I get most of my ideas to buy things. You ask your friends or you see your friend post something. It's it's a very old way of advertising and also a very effective way because I'm going to trust what my friend says over, you know, a different ad company that I don't know talking to. So it's very effective. That's awesome. Sure, yeah. And you're yeah, creating no, jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to take it yeah. to the next level, you, they could have a job about it. That's really that's really interesting. Yeah, so, that's definitely the idea. I mean, one one thing that excites me most about any kind of technology or application is when it enables others to you know make their own living, right? Uh, plays like mm-hmm. Uber and Airbnb, they're all really cool for that reason. Um, so yeah, we're excited about it. It's giving the power back to the people in a way. Yeah, completely. Because and what I love about it is I think with technology. And, you know, maybe with, with cryptocurrency and blockchain, all that, it, it gets so big that people are like, oh, no, you know, robots are taking over or virtual reality. No one's going to leave their homes. There's a lot of negative ideas about it. But in reality, mm-hmm. if you look at the, the crux of it or the core of it, it is actually building your community on a worldwide scale. Like Airbnb, whenever I use Airbnb, I can meet people who I'd never meet when I travel. And now my community has gotten bigger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I completely I mean, agree. Go ahead, Dylan. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I was, this is something that I, I, uh, I actually resonate with a lot because I, I've heard the same argument that you're saying of, you know, a lot of people have this negative uh, outlook on VR because they think that it is going to like isolate the world and make everybody basically become like hermit crabs, right, staying in their, in their household, they will not actually being out there in the real world. But I, I agree. I actually think that VR will work towards having the opposite effect where. Yes, people may be in their house, but you know, right right now, people are on social media mainly, right? They're they're talking through Facebook Messenger, they're sending uh, snaps on Snapchat and stuff like that. But like, there's actually not any real level of interaction there, other than you know, keyboard messages. VR will allow people to interact in virtual environments where you know, let's say you're in a long distance relationship or something. If both of you have a headset, there's a number of apps that already exist where you can come together in an environment where, you know, you each have an avatar, you can talk to each other, you can actually maybe see each other's faces in some instances, and, like, sit together in a virtual room and watch a movie together. Now, it's not perfect, and it's not it's not the same as being together in the real world, but I do think that it is a big step forward from sending messages to each other because you are able to communicate. You're able to have real conversations and still have experiences together. So I think that VR, you know, although it does have this negative stereotype, actually will work towards doing the opposite in the long run and allow people, like you said, all over the world to connect with each other as if they were actually there with each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking as we're speaking about, say, people with disabilities. Like, say you have someone who has a debilitating disability and they want to go to Coachella or they want to go to Burning Man or they want to go to some music festival, but that festival is not, you know, conducive to their their transportation methods or whatnot they can still go and enjoy and be a part of that with their friends who maybe they have friends who are going and they don't feel like they're left out so in a way it could actually connect us more yeah, yeah. 100%. so nick what do you how what do you speak about towards this 
Yeah, I think one of my favorite applications, you know, as we get closer and closer to live virtual reality, um, if you really think about the possibilities there, I mean, it's really crazy. So say, for example, um, there's some, you know, huge event happening somewhere else. We kind of, you know, you talked about like the concerts and things like that, but this could be like, you know, um, something like political. It could actually be like, oh, there's kind of like something, there's like, you know, instability somewhere. There's like a war happening um, mm-hmm. where like, Right now, like, we have, like, really cool journalism and things like that and people who go out to kind of show you the perspective of, like, oh, here's what's happening on this side of the world. With virtual reality, especially when it's live, um, as we start to see, you know, virtual reality journalism and people going out to different places in the world and documenting things from a VR perspective where people can check in and really be there at that time, I think it's going to do a lot to kind of, I guess, um, I don't know, empathy, like, as people really are able to check in and see how things are in the rest of the world as they are happening right now, um, it can, it's going to be really interesting. I think it'll do a lot to, to connect us and really, I guess, kind of cross cultures between people. So yeah, it, I, I think it'll do good things for, for how we, how we all connect. No, it's wonderful. And I think that it's part of our mission as, as the younger generation to, to destigmatize these certain technologies in this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about if I, if I'm a client, uh, so I have, you know, I have my pair of shoes, and I want you guys to facilitate this kind of advertising campaign or whatnot for me. Walk me through that process. You know, what services do you guys offer from start to finish for a new client? Sure. Dylan, did you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, so basically, the way that the process is going to work, and, and this is probably going to evolve a little bit over time, or there might be a couple different options, but the overall idea here is that, you know, our token allows us to decentralize that process as Nick was touching on. So we want to make sure that that's an integral, an integral part of what we're doing. But there is also the, uh, you know, the learning curve to using cryptocurrency. Not everybody is readily able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so we want to, for, for our, our community that is out there selling the products, right, they'll be earning signal tokens and we'll be through our site instructing people and teaching everybody about how it works. And there's actually another site out there right now called Steemit. They're not doing what we're doing, but they're a news slash article site and very good at informing people, you know, how to use their token, uh, what they can do with the token, everything like that. So we'll be doing a lot of work towards informing everybody about what we're doing. But at the end of the day, we also want to make it a process like Nick was saying, where anybody can do advertising. So long story short, basically, you know, let's say you have a pair of shoes that you're selling. The ideal thing is that you'd be able to come onto our site, and if you have signal tokens, you'll basically create an ad campaign and put a specific amount of tokens, let's say 10,000 tokens, into your campaign. And what that does is it creates a smart contract on our end where your 10,000 tokens are held away in this, in this contract. And as people start to drive sales to it and you get a conversion, if I drive a sale, the contract will automatically release, let's say, 1,000 tokens. You, you as the advertiser never touch it. We as the company never touch it. It's just a, it's an automated service that distributes those tokens to the people that are bringing you sales. And ultimately, that is, you know, that that is the big thing that we're cutting out is us as the company don't have control over how people are getting paid and how much they're getting paid and taking giant fees out of that payment system. Now, the only other the thing I wanted to mention on top of that is, like I was saying, not everybody is readily able to you know, come into this cryptocurrency space. And so we're also planning to have a system set up where, you know, you're, let's say you're not very familiar with the, this industry, you can have the pair of shoes that you want to sell, you come onto our site, you create a campaign, 
and you can come in and pay with U.S. dollar, I mean, really, whatever fiat currency, and within our ecosystem, we will convert that that dollar into signal tokens through a liquidity network that we have set up, uh, and then automatically fund your campaign for you. So really, we're wanting to have this be, you know, a mass-adopted process that anybody can use and not have it limited to only the, the crypto industry, but that industry is the backbone of what we're doing and, and going to be, you know, a, the, the majority of our initial user base and the people that are really driving the, uh, the initial adoption of what we're doing. Wonderful. So if someone comes to you and they don't necessarily have their own token, you can help and assist mm. in creating that for them. C- correct. Awesome. You, well, you're kind of, a, you know, you're really making it user friendly for people who want to get in but don't quite know how because it is mm. it is a little daunting i think if, if people are so used to the old way of doing it. yeah and ideally you know this is a this is you know it would just one piece of this but you know everybody in this space that's building these companies around cryptocurrencies and so forth i we do see a lot of them working to try to bring in more people into the system right we want this this whole industry to become more adopted and people to start realizing the benefits of decentralization. And so, you know, as a company, it's our responsibility really to make it something that anybody could come in and use. But as they're using it over time, they start to learn more and more about the industry. And now they're an informed consumer of cryptocurrency in general. So Exactly. And you're going you're gonna to learn through doing, really. Right. Well, that's fantastic because I, I think that companies, when they have a structure like yours, they feel more comfortable taking a risk on a new way of doing things when it's laid out in such a simplistic way. Yeah. So, so how did you guys get into this? You know, what was what was the initial mm-hmm. spark? Um, I'll touch on that, and then I know Nick's gonna want to follow up on this as well. But um, so I got into this space in excuse me, I got into this space in 2013 actually. Um, I I come my background is in e-commerce, so I have a history of marketplace sales, whether it's like Amazon, eBay, sites, things like that. Um, and I was actually working at a company for a short time doing consulting for them. And I, I, I just, these articles, uh, this was in like October, November 2013, I was seeing these articles about this guy who in, in Europe found this flash drive that ended up worth like $2 million. And so I, I heard about the Bitcoin thing. And I started looking into it more and actually quit my job and just went full-time into crypto for about a year. Um, had a whole bunch of bitcoins back then, and uh, just sold them all at like three hundred dollars each, um, and got out of the space for a little while because. Uh, so we re- were recent graduates of the University of Houston, coming out of the entrepreneurship program there. So that's actually how we met. Um, but yeah, so got out of the industry in like late 2014 to put focus on what we were doing in the entrepreneurship program. We started up a company in in, in that uh, program called Sensatech. It's a smart materials company. But ultimately, as crypto started, you know, really rebounding, and I, I started seeing they have this major adoption, I really wanted to get back into this because it was something I had a lot of fun doing. So really kind of, you know, I convinced Nick to leave uh, our other company and we really just went headfirst into working to build um, this cryptocurrency company, both of us with a passion for virtual reality. And it really just seemed like a, a natural fit. And I'm sure Nick will now talk a little bit about it on his side. Yeah, um, so Dylan kind of talked about, like, our past, sort of how we met in college and stuff. Um, and as far as speaking on, like, how Spective sort of came about, I remember Dylan approached me with the idea of a virtual reality streaming company. I want to say, like, maybe late 2015. And I thought it was interesting. I was like, you know, that's novel. That's cool. Um, 
but I didn't really understand it. Like I didn't see the value. I tried virtual reality before um, where we went to, I remember with my friends, we had like a white elephant party and um, I went to Walmart, you know, trying to get something that was between the range of 15 and $25. And they had these, you know, cheap uh, virtual reality headsets that you just like attach your phone to and, you know, you can experience VR. I thought that'd be super cool. So I bought it, brought it out. We had the whole white elephant event and, you know, eventually we pulled out the headset. We all started using it. And I have to say it was probably one of the more underwhelming experiences we've all ever had. We were all pretty excited for it. Um, We started playing some of the YouTube virtual reality videos that were available at the time, and they just weren't good. Like the technology (laughs) wasn't there. It wasn't immersive. The quality wasn't right. You just, it didn't really take you to a new place. It was just kind of cool, but nothing too serious. So Dylan would be telling me about, you know, what if there was a virtual reality like streaming platform where people could just upload content, not so much like gaming and, and video games and industry stuff, but just like, you know, actual experience. 360 videos of real life stuff so people can, you know, share perspectives. And I thought it was cool, but based on that experience that I'd had with VR, I kind of just didn't think much of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I kept that headset actually. And it was maybe like uh, almost a year later, something like that, several months to maybe a year later. Um, I pulled it out just to try it, and I found a really, really, really good video with you know one of our old partner creators, Air Pano. They do basically flyovers of just random beautiful places in the world, you know Venezuela and Machu Picchu and Italy, and they do all different kinds of things. They just really had good quality content. Their cameras were correct, like their shooting was really well, um, was really good. And so you know I put my phone on the headset and I start watching those videos. And it was really incredible. It was honestly immersive. And like, I was sharing it with all my friends. I was sharing it with my parents and they were all blown away at it. They really, you know, they really said that they felt like they were somewhere else and it was super cool. And so when I tried that, I was like, Dylan, this is actually really cool. And I think if there's a lot of people in the world who will like this, let's get after it. Um, and that's where Spective Virtual Reality began. We've been working on that for a while and realized that, hey, as I was kind of mentioning earlier, this is really cool, but we have to do something different to really drive engagement with virtual reality right now. Because, you know, again, people are kind of intimidated. It's a new technology sort of on the fringes. Um, And that's where we looked at the blockchain and knew that, you know, we could use cryptocurrencies to really incentivize uh, advertisers and the rest of the world to put eyes on perspective. Um, So now we're kind of, you know, putting the two together to, to really help drive virtual reality adoption. But also, at the same time, like, help decentralize advertising, you know, on the web. So that's where we are now, and uh, that's kind of, like, the story of at least how I got involved. That's fantastic. I mean, what a, what a journey. You And you both, you see this need, and then you came up with a creative solution in order to fulfill that need for people. And I think it's I think it's wonderful, and it's such, such an exciting, exciting new technology to be a part of as well because it has, the possibilities are endless. I mean, this can go in so many different directions. Yeah, it's really awesome. And honestly, like, Every, every time we talk to somebody different, you know, including yourself right now, everyone has their own way of, of, of kind of describing it and, and what they think it's going to do and where it's going to go. And everybody always has some new answer that even surprises me. And I'm like, yeah, you know, those are applications too. Those are all the different things that we can do with VR. And yeah, it's really, it's really cool. And, and, you know, small things, right? Like even with our advertising platform, like you were saying, where most of us make our like buying decisions is word of mouth, like, you know, just from like mom or grandma. And mm-hmm. you know, that's essentially what we're doing with that platform. And you know, a lot of people really get it. And so we're just kind of excited to, to keep moving forward and making the future happen. So where is the best place for people to find Spective? Yeah, so, you know, right now, 
the best place to find information about what we're doing in general uh, would be our site, spective.io. So spective is S-P-E-C-T-I-V. So spective.io is our main general site. And from there, you can uh, connect to both our marketing uh, or advertising site and our VR site. The advertising site is the signalmarket.com, uh, signal and then we have spectivevr.tv, and that's our virtual reality site. Excellent. Nick, Dylan, thank you so much for joining me here today, and I hope you have the best of luck with this, and I'm going to be looking out for you guys and, and hopefully getting some VR experience myself. Cool. It's been a great Perfect. conversation. Thank you so much really for having me. to be on here. Yeah. Oh, I love it, you guys. Well, my guest today on Future Tech Podcast or Dylan Center and Nick Rabenbash from Spective. They are awesome. Check them out. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been Juliet Lamar for Future Tech Podcast. Have a great day. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.